0: Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, February 16th, 2023. It's a long one today. Brace yourself. First, let's take care of the housekeeping. We do have the vid chat tomorrow. That will be at 2.30 U.S. Central Time. Please get your questions and comments submitted no later than 10 o'clock tonight U.S. Central Time. This is another one of those short format uh, vid chats uh, due to our our trying to straighten out our platform issues with Vimeo, but we are still going ahead with uh, more vid chats per month to hopefully have them shorter. Also, I want to remind everybody, I did an interview with Dark Journalist on not just the uh, Chinese balloon story and everything implicated in it, But also, we got talking towards the end of the interview and continued actually spontaneously talking about the Fourth Pyramid Weapon Hypothesis book. And uh, Daniel told me he's planning to air that tomorrow night uh, during his show. So we are going to do the vid chat early tomorrow so that I can be there in his chat room tomorrow night for his show. So that's what's going on. All right, let's get down to business today because as I was taking Shiloh out this afternoon for her her relief, President Biden's press conference on the Chinese balloon came on. And I listened to this with some interest um, because... You know, you never know what to expect from Biden. He's, he's deteriorating quickly. But the press conference, I think, is loosely related to the subject that we're going to be talking about in today's News and Views, in that during the press conference, he said something amazing, to me anyway, and it dovetails not only with what we're going to talk about today, but believe it or not, with uh, what we talked about Yesterday, when I was recording the interview with, with Dark Journalist that he will be airing tomorrow. And, of course, no one in our next-to-worthless press corps asked the president a question about what he had just said or its implications. <coughs> but I want to point out something that he did say, and then we're going to segue into today's article, what he said was that he was going to make sure that Americans were quote, safe and secure, and that any violation of American airspace would be met with the same shoot-down order, and he couched that in the context of language where he clearly said it doesn't matter what the object is, any UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, would be shot down and this was such a blanket statement that i thought okay does that include potentially extraterrestrial craft just where do you draw the line are you are you willing to risk a an interplanetary incident if not a war now that sounds kind of far fetched but the question in its in a different form hovers over what we're going to be talking about today. Just two days ago, uh, Valentine's Day, that would be Tuesday, Seymour Hirsch gave an interview to the Berliner Zeitung, the uh, Berlin newspaper, Berlin Times, and gave the interview about his article where he claimed that the United States and Norway were responsible for blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline in the Baltic Sea, and he was interviewed by a German reporter Fabian Scheidler. And I want to read sections of this interview. I'm linking the interview for you. Um, you can see the interview in the original German. Just use Google Translate, and you'll get the idea of of what was contained in the interview. But uh, I want to read several sections of this. I'm not going to comment until the very end because I want you to notice not only what is being said here, I want you to pay attention to what's not being said and what the big question is behind all this. So here we go. This is the reporter, Mr. Scheidler, asking Hirsch the following question. Mr. Hirsch, Please detail your findings. According to your source, what exactly happened, who was involved in the Nord Stream attack, and what were the motives? Mr. Hirsch It was a story that begged to be told. In late September 2022, eight bombs were to be detonated near the island of Bornholm in the the Baltic Sea, six of which went off in an area that is fairly flat. They destroyed three of the four Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines. The Nord Stream 1 pipeline has supplied Germany and other parts of Europe with very cheap natural gas for many years. And then it was blown up, as was Nord Stream 2. And the question, who did it and why? On February 7, 2022, a good two weeks before Russia invaded the Ukraine, the American President Joe Biden said at a White House press conference that he held with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz that the U.S. would halt Nord Stream. Biden literally said, quote, if Russia invades, there will be no more Nord Stream 2. We will put an end to the project, unquote. And when a reporter asked how exactly he planned to do that, since the project was primarily under German control, Biden just said, quote, I promise we'll be able to do it, unquote. His deputy secretary of state, Victoria Nuland, who was deeply implicated in the events of the Maidan revolution in 2014, had made a similar statement a few weeks earlier. They say the decision to shut down the pipeline was made even earlier by President Biden. You write in your report that in December of 2021, this is again the Berlin Reporter, you write in your report that in December 2021, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan called a meeting of the newly formed task force of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the CIA, the State Department, and the Treasury Department. They write, quote, Sullivan wanted the group to come up with a plan for the destruction of the two Nord Stream pipelines." Unquote. Now I'm skipping a couple of long paragraphs here to a different portion of this interview. And again, this is Seymour Hersh talking about the plan that comes out of this ad hoc group. So here we go, quote, They had a way. There were people there who knew what we in America call mine warfare. In the United States Navy, there are units that deal with submarines, there's also a nuclear engineering command, and there is a mine squad. The area of underwater mines is very important, and we have trained specialists in it. A central location for their education is a small vacation town called Tanama City in the middle of nowhere in Florida. We train very good people there and employ them. Underwater miners are of great importance, for example, to clear blocked entrances to harbors and blow up things that stand in the way. You can also blow up a specific country's underwater petroleum pipelines. It is not always good things that they do. It was clear to the group in the White House that they could blow up the pipelines. There is an explosive called C-4 that's incredibly powerful, especially at the levels they use. You can control it remotely with underwater sonar devices. These sonars emit signals at low frequencies, so it was possible, and that was communicated to the White House in early January, because two or three weeks later, Under Secretary of State Victoria Newland said we could do it. I think that was January 20th and then the president when he held the press conference together with the German Chancellor on February 7th of 2022 also said we could do it. Now I'm skipping again a short paragraph and again this is still Seymour Hirsch talking. Quote, Norway is a great seafaring nation and they have deep sources of energy. They are also very keen to increase their natural gas supplies to Western Europe and Germany. And that's what they did. They increased their exports. So why not join forces with the United States for economic reasons? In addition, in Norway, there is a pronounced hostility towards Russia. In your article, you write that the Norwegian Secret Service and Navy were involved. They also say that Sweden and Denmark were informed to some extent but did not know anything. Uh, pardon me, that was, again, the German reporter. And now this is Seymour Hirsch's answer. I was told they did what they did and they knew they were doing and they understood what was going on, but maybe no one has ever said yes. I've done a lot of work on this subject with the people I've spoken to. Anyway, for this mission to go ahead, The Norwegians had to find the right place. The divers who were trained in Panama City could dive up to 100 meters deep without heavy equipment. The Norwegians found a spot off of the island of Bornholm, which incidentally is Danish, in the Baltic Sea that was only 260 feet deep to operate there. Now listen very carefully, folks. The divers had to return to the top slowly. There was a decompression chamber, and we used a Norwegian submarine hunter. Only two divers were used for the four pipelines. One problem was how to deal with the people monitoring the Baltic Sea. The Baltic Sea is monitored very closely. There is a lot of data freely available, so we took care of it. There were three or four different people on it. And what was then done is very simple. Listen, folks. For 21 years, our 6th Fleet, which controls the Mediterranean Sea and also the Baltic Sea, has been conducting an exercise for the NATO navies in the Baltic Sea every summer. We're sending an aircraft carrier and other large ships to these exercises. And for the first time in history, the NATO operation in the Baltics had a new program. A 12-day mine dumping and mine detection exercise was to be conducted. So let me interrupt here, folks. What they did, in other words, was disguised the sabotage of the pipelines within an actual drill. Sound familiar? Continuing with Seymour Hirsch, a number of nations sent out mine teams. One group dropped a mine, and another mine group went in... Search and blew it up. Now I'm skipping again towards the very end of this interview with a few more paragraphs. And again, I want you to listen for what's not being said. Joe Biden, this is again Seymour Hersh. Joe Biden decided not to blow them up back in June. It was five months into the war, but in September he ordered it to be done. The operational staff, the people who do kinetic things for the United States, they do what the President says, and at first, they thought that was a useful weapon that he could use in negotiations. But sometime after the Russians invaded, and then when the operation was complete, the whole thing became increasingly repugnant to the people running it. These are people who work in top positions in the Secret Services, and are well-trained. They opposed the project. They thought it was crazy. Shortly after the attack, after they did as they were told, there was a lot of anger at the operation and rejection from those involved. That's one of the reasons I learned so much. And I'll tell you one more thing. The people of America and Europe who are building pipelines know what happened. I'm telling you something important. The people who own companies that build pipelines know the story. I didn't hear the story from them, but I quickly learned that they knew. Now, skipping a few more paragraphs, this is the German reporter. What do you think the motives were for the attack? The U.S. government was against the pipeline for many reasons. Some say she opposed it because she wanted to weaken weaken Russia or to weaken relations between Russia and Western Europe, especially Germany. But maybe also to weaken the German economy, which is a competitor to the U.S. economy. High gas prices have prompted companies to relocate to the U.S. What is your take on the U.S. government's motives? And again, this is Seymour Hirsch. I don't think they've thought this through thoroughly. I know that sounds strange. I don't think Secretary of State Blinken and some others in the government are deep thinkers. There are certainly people in the American business who like the idea that we are becoming more competitive. We sell liquefied natural gas at extremely high profits and make a lot of money from it. Now the German reporter. How do you think this war could end? And here's Seymour Hirsch's response. Listen carefully. It doesn't matter what I think. What I do know is that there is no way this war will end the way we want it to. And I don't know what we will do as we look further into the future. It scares me that the president was willing to do something like this. And the people running that mission believe that the president was aware of what he was doing to the people of Germany. That he was punishing them for a war that wasn't going well. And in the long run, this will only damage his reputation as a president. It will also be very damaging politically. It will be a stigma for the United States. And now I'm skipping several paragraphs and continuing with Seymour Hirsch's response to that question. The point is also that this can be perceived as an act of war, not only against Russia, but also against Western allies, especially Germany. I would put it more simply. The people involved in the operation saw that the president wanted to freeze Germany for his short-term political goals, and that horrified them. I'm talking about Americans who are very loyal to the United States. The CIA, as I put it in my article, works for power, not the Constitution. The political advantage of the CIA is that a president who can't get his plans through Congress can walk the CIA director in the Rose Garden of the White House to plan something secret that's across the Atlantic or anywhere in the world, and can meet many people. That's always been the CIA's unique selling proposition, which I have trouble with. But even that community is appalled that Biden has decided to expose Europe to the cold to support a war he will not win. This is nefarious to me. And with that, folks, that ends my citation from this lengthy interview with Mr. Hirsch in the Berliner Zeitung. So my question is, and I'm sure it's occurred to you listening to all of this, and it's the great unanswered question hovering over all of this. What Hirsch is making out here is that Biden represents a rather narrow segment of the American foreign policy and intelligence establishment, and that for whatever reason, he is willing, quite literally, on his own personal orders, to commit an act of war, not just against Russia, but against Germany. Now, in this instance, Germany inherited a rather robust military uh, from Chancellor Kohl, and that military was more or less sustained in place as, as uh, Chancellor Schrader inherited it from Chancellor Kohl. But under Angela Merkel and Ursula von der Leyen, the German military was basically just allowed to fall apart. So there was no military risk to the United States to make this pipeline venture of Mr. Biden's happen. But nonetheless, the long-term fallout from this, the geopolitical fallout from this, is that a an American president has acted in a rogue faction and apparently against the advice and better judgment of his own intelligence community. And the real question hovering over this is... Why would he do that? What is there about the Ukraine that he is so desperate to risk an entire continent of American allies, no less, just to prolong a war that he knows America and the West cannot win? Now, I suspect that there may be something here that is tying him to these decisions, and also is making him look ridiculous in connection to this Chinese balloon shootdown story. In other words, I'm suggesting that the involvement, the criminality, and grift might be so much larger than just this one administration that this is the reason why these steps are being taken. And that we are supporting in the Ukraine, in my estimation, a monstrous regime. Let me repeat that. A monstrous regime. So something is going on. I suspect that the real play here is not in view. We don't know what it is. And I'm also extremely suspicious, given, given the scenario that Mr. Hirsch has outlined in this interview. I'm also extremely suspicious that somewhere, someone has a great deal of leverage over this administration and particularly over this president and possibly personally. Now, who and what that is, I don't know. I have my suspicions as to who and what it might be. But those uh, would require more evidence before I share them. But uh, in any case, I think this is an important interview for people to read and, and soak up and to understand from the standpoint of what is not being said and what is not on the table. There's something, some hold, some leverage, some control file over this administration that's causing all of these crazy, insane policy decisions that would embroil us in a potential war with Russia and uh, has political fallout repercussions with a very strong American ally in Europe. And this, this kind of madness has to have reasons beyond what we've thus far been told. The behavior of Biden in this, uh, if Mr. Hirsch is correct, and I think he probably is, uh, Biden's behavior is, is increasingly looking like that of a man scrambling to put out the fires uh, and in the, in the course of things, risking the fire of a world war. So this is a significant story. Uh, Please go read the interview that I've included. I've linked it for you. You can use Google Translate or, of course, if you understand German, just read it in the the original German. So that's it. Please don't forget our vid chat tomorrow at uh, 2.30. I will probably start early in order to get us done so that I can... Eat and then uh, participate in Dark Journalist's uh, chat later that evening when he airs that interview that we just recorded. Anyway, I'll see you all on the flip side, everybody. God bless and take it easy. Bye-bye.